Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio, where each week we talk to creative Mississippians working in and promoting the arts across the state. I'm your host, Melody Moody Thordis, Arts-Based Community Development Director with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today I'm speaking with Don Buck, Managing Director, and Francine Thomas-Reynolds, Artistic Director of New Stage Theater in Jackson, Mississippi. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. So New Stage Theater is this year's Governor's Arts Award recipient. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the background of New Stage Theater. So um, in my research, I saw that it produced its first season of shows in 1966, so over 53 years um, as an institution. So either one of you, whichever would like to, tell me a little bit more about the history of New Stage Theater and how it started. Well, it started in a, a church um, on Gallatin Street in um, South Jackson, but I think it actually started in people's minds long before that. Right. It was a group of people, uh, nine people, that got together and decided they wanted to start a different type of theater. Um, and they got, you know, so their first production was actually in January of 1966 when they did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, and at that time, that was a very controversial play for them to begin their first season with. Um, we still have a few of the founding board members that are still with us. But uh, they did start that season. And um, I think their goal, and Francine can speak a little bit more about that, was actually to have a theater that was integrated and was available for everyone to attend. Right. That was their main goal. They wanted to desegregate the audience and the stage. And they, um, Ivan Ryder and Jimmy Child, um, some of the people who were there originally, Ivan talks about how when they started Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, they got bomb threats and people calling them up and saying, we're not coming, I'm not letting my wife come. And part of that was because of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, because it was supposed to win the Pulitzer Prize, and it was denied the Pulitzer because of um, the Se content of the play. Right, right, sexual content and language back So then. imagine in Jackson in 1966. It was, it was really brave of them to do that. Mm -hmm. So, I think the founding driving force at that time was Jane Reed mm -hmm. Petty and Kay Child, because they were both actresses, mm -hmm. and I think they wanted a place that they could perform, and... And later on, after they did get the space, which was uh, initially, I think they paid like $150 for the church on Gallatin. And later on, that family donated the, the church, that space, to New Stage Theater. Uh, and so they, at that time, they hired Ivan Ryder, who became the artistic director, and he was with the theater for 13 years. Um, so he was very instrumental in that beginning of New Stage back in the early 1966. They wanted to make sure that they were developing a professional theater that would do a variety of plays balanced with new and, and classics and to start paying actors and bring guest artists in to, I think, elevate the, the artistic values of presenting live theater. And that was one of their goals. And they reached that goal. They became an equity theater or what's called a union house theater and I don't know if they did it why they were still at Gallatin or not Ivan's told me I just can't remember so right I'm not sure about that they took possession of the theater where we're located now I think in 1978 that was called the little theater uh, and at that time I think they were uh, they decided they would move from the Gallatin into the existing 
space that we're in today in 1978. And for those who may not be in Jackson or may not be familiar with New Stage, it's now in the Bellhaven neighborhood um, on, is it on Whitworth? It's at the corner of Whitworth, Whitworth and Carlisle. Okay, Whitworth and Carlisle in the Bellhaven neighborhood in Jackson, and it's been in that location since about 1978. Yeah, and in 1997, it was designated as the Jane Reed Petty Theater Center in, recogni- in recognition of her contributions to developing it. So that is quite an impressive history. So kind of fast-forwarding um, from from how it started to now. So in 2018, you got five main stage shows, holiday show, children's show, the Unframed series, the Eudora Welty play series. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? Well, we, you know, we have a lot of educational programs, and we also have within the Eudora Welty new play series, the Mississippi play series, which was a new initiative last season, which is how we came to this season. And there's oh, other things we do, too, with um, shows with our youth acting troupe. We do shows there. And, and you said five main stage, and sometimes... Depending on the season, we also have a main stage children's show, too, along with our main stage children's show in the summer, which is children actors. Our children's show during the season is adult actors presenting for children. So it's a lot. Yeah. And it's amazing that New Stage Theater has been in existence for so many years because as economy goes, as the economy goes up and down, several, several major theaters have had trouble and major theaters have closed and New States Theater, it's had its ups and downs, but it's in its 53rd season right now, which is just simply amazing. It really is incredible. So, um, Dawn, you started in 1981 as a box office assistant, and you have really held, it seems, almost every job there is to, to be held. So I wanted to talk to you specifically about the time when you started, what, it, what the theater was like, and then if you could walk us through kind of the changes and different jobs you've you've had there sure well you know it started off I was I did not grow up with a lot of theater I wasn't I didn't attend theater growing up it was not part of my school curriculum Uh, and so I decided I wanted to be involved in 1981 and um, I had kind of uh, finance background so the box office seemed to be the best fit for me Uh, and so I started there and of course at that time um, I had two boys during 1981 and 1987, so I worked full-time and part-time in the box office during that time. Uh, I then left, and I have worked with other arts organizations over the years. I pretty much have an arts background. But I came back in uh, 98 and worked for a year, uh, and then I went to work. I worked for the International Ballet Competition for at least four competitions, so in 2002, uh, they reached out and asked me if I would come back to the theater. And so at that time, I came back more in probably a position of the marketing director um, and business manager. So I did that for several years, and then I was promoted to managing director. But I, my time at New Stage is actually spans over 25 years. So I have done a lot of the administrative duties, uh, development, fundraising, Um, you know, assist the bookkeeping, oversee the bookkeeping. So basically a lot of the business side, and I work in concert with Francine on a lot of things too. So So in addition to the move from Gallatin to Bellhaven, what are some of the biggest things you've seen that have changed over the time you've been there? 
Um, well, I guess growth. I mean, it seemed like when I was there in the early 80s, uh, it used to be New Stage was the only type of theater uh, that was pretty much in the city of Jackson. Uh, and then in the middle 80s, or I think around 82, 83, something like that, William Kessler started bringing productions. So we used to have a three-week week run of the show. Uh, now we've cut back to two weeks, which is 12 performances. So that was a change. But um, over that time span, just the opportunity to work with different artistic directors, work with different actors, just uh, be exposed to a lot of different people that come through the door. I mean, it's amazing. People, uh, friends can talk about that, but in any given year, we have over 150 artists, whether they're uh, guest directors, actors, choreographers. So we have a wealth of of individuals that come through the door that share their talent every year. So it's a nice opportunity to meet and work with those people, too. So uh, what's it like to manage a theater? Like, what's a, what's a typical week like for you? You know, I, I think a lot of people have a misconception. When I'm out in the community, a lot of people will say, ask me where I work, and I say I work at New Stage. And the first thing, a lot of times I'll get, they'll say, oh, that must be a lot of fun. And it certainly is a lot of fun, but it's a business. So, I mean, the challenges of, of that is, is actually you're managing a nonprofit. So you're always looking at, you know, your contributed income, your earned income, trying to find a balance with that. those two. Uh, every year, it's kind of almost like wiping your slate clean and starting again. So challenges of that are budgeting. Um, you know, people don't realize that with that number of actors that come in, there's a lot of paperwork that's involved with that, too. So trying to present a balanced budget, try to raise contributed income, try to manage capital campaigns as they they arrive and come to us. You know, we usually we've in the time that I've been here now since 2002, we've we've embarked on two capital campaigns. Uh, the most recent one was our 50th anniversary campaign, which raised four point two million. And part of that was to uh, establish an endowment also for artistic initiatives and also for physical plant because with New Stage being an older building, there's always needs, whether it's the building itself or technology. And so, you know, I work in concert with Francine to see what those needs are. And, and certainly the Mississippi Arts Commission has been very kind to us over the years because we've been able to apply for building fund grants that have helped us with those endeavors several times. So we're very appreciative of that. Wow, that's that's a quite a bit of of, of logistics and, and work that's really behind the scenes that so many people may not realize. So I'll ask you kind of on the on the opposite end of that, what really inspires you about the work that you do and, and have done over the years at New Stage? Well, it has to be the quality of the programming. I mean, there's nothing, you know, more rewarding than to be behind the scenes doing the paperwork, but to go into that final dress rehearsal and look at the at how that production has grown from the first read-through to the actual final dress rehearsal. And then, you know, just the satisfaction of feeling you know, uh, good about your work because what you see on stage uh, obviously is the the what I find more re the most rewarding in my job too. 
Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with different creative people across Mississippi. Today I'm talking to Don Buck and Francine Thomas Reynolds from New Stage Theater. So before the break, I was speaking with Don, the current managing director of New Stage, about her career. And Francine, now I'd like to talk to you about um, your experience as the artistic director. So you came to New Stage in 2006? Actually, I came to New Stage in 1989. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me about yeah, that. Um, I came, um, I was hired as an actor, actress, um, in um, Still Magnolias. I played a Nell, and Ivan Ryder directed it, and Jane Reed Petty, the artistic director at that time, was in it. Um, and I stayed, and I did another show, and I stayed, and I taught in the day camp. And then they hired me, and in that 1990 to 91 season, which was the beginning of new stage touring throughout the state with arts and education shows, um, I became the education director. And I was there at the theater for five years, or five seasons as education director. And then I went off and did a lot of other things that were fun and interesting. But during that time, new stage hired me back a few times as a guest director and a guest actor. And I think a teacher. I think I taught at the theater during that time, too. I can't remember. And then in 2006, which you referenced, the theater invited me back as interim artistic director. I think it was kind of a, a trial basis. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what the board was considering in searching for an artistic director. And then a year later, in April of 2007, they offered me the job as artistic director. And so I've remained in that position since 2007. So a total of 18 years. I can't believe it when I added it up. 18 years. 18 years. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your theater background and what you did before you came to New Stage. Okay. <laughs> um, denied being in theater. No. Uh, <laughs> when I was growing up um, in, I think, like eighth grade, my mother was pushing me to go to a drama camp. She must have recognized something in me, maybe being loud or something. I don't know. Um, and I kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Um, but then I went and I loved it. I got bitten by that bug, but I still kind of denied it and was doing other things and went to college and I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be this and that and so many different things. And I kept gravitating towards the theater department. And so I graduated with a theater degree and then went off to get an MFA in acting and directing. So, and, and I always kept saying, well, I'll try to make a living at this because everybody always says, oh, you can't make a living doing that. And you can, um, you're not going to, you're not going to become a millionaire, but you definitely can make a good living in the arts, as you know, at the mm -hmm. Mississippi Arts Commission. And so um, that's my background. And I've always loved theater. It's just something about literature becoming alive on the stage. I just, I love stories being told. And um, so that's what I've done. I've dabbled in film. I've done some casting. I've done a lot of teaching. I was a high school drama teacher for a number of years at Jackson Prep, and that was really great. I always tell everybody to be a high school drama teacher because then you'll learn so much about how to do everything else. <laughs> You're not just direct, but you have to learn to hang the lights, how to focus the lights, things that you maybe learned in theory while you were in school, you apply as a high school drama teacher. And I always tell everybody, I just said the other night, don't let anybody deny you that taking arts classes and theater classes are just fluff. You learn about math, you learn about spatial relationships because you have to figure out a floor plan as a director when you're, you know, working with the set designer. So there's just so many things that 
and education in the arts can teach you self-confidence, all that kind of thing. So I can't remember what your original question was. <laughs> it was just telling me what you did before you came to New Stage. <laughs> you covered right. it very well. Um, so uh, in my in my research, I also discovered that you did something that I'm very fascinated by um, as a location casting right, uh, yeah. person. Yeah. So I know you did that for for a couple of years for film and television. So would you mind for my own curiosity? telling me about what that was like so much fun um i also worked as production coordinator it, it was it was uh, randy travis was in the movie where i worked on as a production coordinator as was Anjanu ellis you know who became uh-huh. you know so i've met people i met yeah right. i met gerald mcraney when i worked in casting on the promised land which was a spin-off of anybody who's older who might recognize touched by an angel which was really a lot of fun um just going around the state i've met so many people through casting because just so many people come to open casting calls. Uh-huh. This is really fun. A lot of different people. I learned a whole lot about Mississippi. That was just, and I learned about the culture of Mississippi, which was great. So, as artistic director at New Stage, tell our listeners what, and I know you spoke about it a little bit already, but really what that role. Includes. Well, um, as Don's reference, we work together on the the management of the theater, that type of thing, like hiring people. You have to staff a theater. You have to staff the production staff. And then you have to staff all those 150 guest artists. And Don didn't say there was last season there were two dogs and a chicken. So it's not <laughs> just people. You know, it's not just choreographers. We have all types um, and welcome all types. Um, So that's a lot of what the artistic director does. Mainly what an artistic director does is program the theater, develop the programming plans for each season, develop the programming plans and the vision as the theater moves forward as to what will happen with the education programs, what type of plays we want to do, um, what type of new plays we want to develop. So that's a lot of what the artistic director traditionally does. And then also in my job, I do directing. I direct um, the, some of the plays, and I hire guest directors and guest designers and all those types of things, and then manage that production staff and the education staff. It's a it's busy. You're very busy as at, at a nonprofit organization because... Traditionally, you never have enough people because you're always struggling for that dollar. Mm-hmm. You, you know, only half of what we bring in. Well, let's say that tickets amount, tickets and admissions amount for just half of the capital that it takes to run a theater. Mm-hmm. So you're depending on contributions. You're depending on so many different things. And so you have to juggle that all the time. It's always like, what's our cash situation type of thing. So you have to figure sure. that out. As, as the season's going on, you have to pay attention to that type of thing also. Sure. I mean, to me, it's like balancing kind of the supporting of what a nonprofit is doing, but also trying to be creative and innovate and 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 push new things out as well. And, and sometimes juggling those too can be difficult. Right. And one of the, the, the one of the things that I love doing as artistic director is developing relationships with other organizations in the community. That's that's really one of my favorite things to do. And in, in a, and I'll say this as a feather in our cap in 2016, we were named partnership of the year from the Mississippi Humanities Council. And that's ty- that's the type of thing that really teaches me and us about everything in our community. 
Right. So I know, you know, you said you've directed, I know you've been, you're intricately involved with so many different performances. So um, I was curious if you would be willing to share with us a story or two about some of your favorite experiences and some of the work what? you've Yeah, I would love to share that with you because um, um, I love theater so much. But one of my favorite experiences as an actor was when I got to play Laura in The Glass Menagerie, directed by Jane Reed Petty. And, and she really influenced me when I was younger, and I, I catch myself so many times going, I'm trying to do what Jane Reed Petty was doing with the theater. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because I never would have thought that at the time. So that was fun. And then I also, during that time earlier, got to be in Smoke on the Mountain that Randy Red, who's from Brookhaven, Mississippi, and he's come back to us. He went off to New York, made a big name for himself, and he's come back. He directed that show, and that was a lot of fun. And then more recently... I was um, Edna Earl in The Ponder Heart, directed by Ivan Ryder, and another favorite role was Dr. Catherine Brandt in 33 Variations. But even more favorite to me is directing. Um, I love to direct, and, and recently, Grapes, The Grapes of Wrath. I just loved working on that show, Steinbeck. I mean, it was just so, oh, I don't know, enriching. The Great Gatsby, loved working on that show. Loved working on Red, which is about the artist Mark Rothko, because we got to partner with the Mississippi Museum of Art. Loved working on a show, last, was it last season or the season before? Best of Enemies? About season before. Season before, which is about the reconciliation between someone who was an imperial wizard of the Ku Klux Klan and a, a civil rights activist, and Atwater. Those were real people. And working on that show was really interesting. And again, we partnered. We partnered with the Margaret Walker Center at Jackson State University. We partnered with the William Winter Institute on Racial Reconciliation, and they came and did ancillary programming for us. Um, some other favorites, just this season, The Diary of Anne Frank. I mean, just every show like that, you get to delve into the history and you get to do a lot of research and you learn so many, you know, different things um, working on these shows. It seems like temporal, but those things stay with you. And that's kind of the beauty. I mean, you create and you, you, you know, you take it down. You deconstruct, if you want to say, um, when you strike a set, so to speak. Some people are sad, and, and I'm always like— strike a set, I just want to interrupt. So what, what does that, that mean for take people? it all down. <laughs> I mean, you take it down. You, you don't throw it away. You save everything down to the last nail. You save it for the next production or how you can use it again, and you store it, and you have stock. But it's um, just that process of creating and then— taking it all away and a lot of people think are sad about that I just like think it's so much fun and just that creative you know process it, it can wear you out because you, you're like where am I getting that inspiration from where is it going to come from next time and then it comes like actors come in and they bring new life into what you might have thought that a project would look like and then an actor comes in with their ideas and a designer comes in with their ideas and so you're just starting all over again it's it's making art which is just you feel blessed to be able to be doing so. Right. When you say it like that, it's like, I, in my mind, I, I think of the theater so much as the creation of the art is in the performance. But the way you're describing it, it's really in the creation of the entire well, production. The, the, it's a creative process. Right. Well, and of course, the last element is who you are doing it for. And that's mm -hmm. the audience. I right. mean, and that, you know, you always have to keep that in mind. It's so much fun when, when we're in the rehearsal hall. But how are we sharing this? What are we sharing? What, what story are we telling? What message are we, you know, conveying? And sometimes it's just 
darn right fun. I was in a show called The Dirty Work at the Crossroads, which was a melodrama, and it's one of the most fun times I've had on stage. It was just a laugh, and it was just like so, you know, so it's not always just the serious stuff. We do a lot of comedy, which is just so, you know, gratifying to hear people just guffawing out loud in the audience. You're just like, oh, that's great, because they're just going with it. And then our then our musicals, that high energy, I mean, I mentioned Randy Red. He's coming back to direct something this season, and he directed the very popular the Million Dollar Quartet, about the quartet in Memphis, you know, Elvis, Carl Perkins, who am I forgetting, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. That was really fun to see those characters come alive on the stage. So, Yeah, it seems like really connecting um, the stories themselves to Mm -hmm. the the history that Mm -hmm. you guys, it seems like in your, um, when you're picking which plays you want to do, it sounds, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that from the ones you're describing, that you tend to choose ones that kind of echo real-life events. Well, it's not a formula, but when I look at it, it's, 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 that's the hardest thing of the job is, is choosing, mm. is programming, because it's like you have to, I mean, you have to think about the audience, and you also have to think about the growth of the theater and the growth of your community of artists, whether they come from New York. We do some casting from New York and bring back some of the people, or rather, or if it's your apprentices who you bring in for the year. You have to think about what keeps them inspired. And so that all goes into choosing and and programming the the season and the educational programs and the educational shows. But it's usually you want to do a classic. I think that's real important. You want to do something that's, for us, something that's Southern in nature, something that speaks to where we live, where our place is. You want to do something new. Um, You want to do something comic. Um, And we know that people tend to gravitate towards musical theater. And that's just because music isn't even when you're on stage and you start to sing or a song happens, it's because there's no other way to express it. And I think that's why people love musicals so much. It's just heightened and it's fun. And we've done Shakespeare. I mean, we've done just a variety and and brand new plays also. Uh Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with different creative people living in Mississippi. Today I'm speaking with Don Buck and Francine Thomas Reynolds from New Stage Theater in Jackson, a 2019 recipient of the Mississippi Governor's Arts Awards. So, Don, during the break, you and I were talking a little bit about um, the work that really has to be done um, to engage a community and bring in the audience. So, So tell me more about what what you were saying about that. Well, I think as arts organizations move forward, they do need to think about how they can grow their audience. You know, um, certainly part of that can be programming, but I don't think that we can think that we can be an elitist organization that they'll always come to us. And one of the ways that we get the word out about New Stage and our programming is through our touring productions with our apprentice program that Francine can speak more about. But but I just think that um, one of the things New Stage does well is we do have partnerships within the community, and there's been many times over the last 10 years that we've developed those partnerships and actually went out into the community with our programming or panel discussions. or And I think those are very important because I think people have busy schedules and I think we have to reach out to them and help them to find what we do uh, instead of thinking that they're just going to come through our doors. I mean, that 
ultimately is our goal that we'll do the programming that we do on the main stage. We'll bring them in. But I think we have to think outside the box as we move forward, which I think a lot of regional theaters across the country are beginning to do. So one thing that that I immediately think of when I think of the kind of the theater in the community is your warehouse theater. Mm -hmm. So tell our listeners about that. Well, um, Don, do you remember what year it was? Uh, I I think it was about eight to ten years ago. Uh, The building was originally the Community Children's Theater, um, and they decided they were no longer going to move forward with their productions. They would do an annual production and sometimes classes. And so the opportunity came to New Stage to purchase that building, um, and so we purchased that building and decided at that time that it would be a, a good resource for us for our unframed programming, also for a possible additional space for classes or youth acting rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like this is a, a small theater that was probably less than three blocks away from the theater. So it seemed like a no-brainer for New Stage to purchase that building and incorporate it into our overall programming of the year it's as an additional space. Satellite space. And Unframed, our Unframed at New Stage Theater series, is a series of plays that are mainly new contemporary plays that you wouldn't see on our main stage. And it also serves as a showcase for emerging artists. And it's... um. It's, it's, it's really fun because we wait until the apprentices get to us each season and then start to develop what that season would be. And we use that warehouse theater quite a bit. And it seats like 75 people. And we also use our Hughes Room Theater for unframed productions also. And um, the warehouse is the place where our youth acting troupe beats every Saturday morning. And they rehearse and then they go out in the community and do shows. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that youth acting trip. Okay. Um, it's just one component of our education program. Our education program is, is quite extensive. We tour two to three arts and education shows each season, reaching um, more than 17,000, some seasons, 20,000 students throughout the state, doing anywhere from 65 to 85 performances in schools, libraries, and community centers throughout the state. Um, this season we're doing Pinocchio, a different look at Pinocchio. It's really fun and really uh, creative. And then we're also doing a new show this season um, titled if, if Not Us, Then Who? Freedom Rides to Freedom Summer. And that's all about the civil rights movement, um, basically how they got to Mississippi. So it features a lot of Mississippians, and it's woven by music um, through the 55-minute uh performance because our education shows try to fit into the school day. So that's what we do with our education program with the apprentices. They perform those shows and tour throughout the state. We also have a residency that we do with the Heinz Public County Schools where we go into four, five, sometimes five schools each school year and do classroom instruction with the students. That's a really big part of the programming because we offer we offer workshops too throughout the state and at the theater. We have public classes at the theater that um, have started again up in January for adults and children throughout the season, and then that youth acting troupe. And the youth acting troupe um, sponsors and hosts youth nights at the theater also because there's a youth council 
which is great. And they bring in more of their friends to see shows. And the youth acting troupe is about 30 students. And they present shows. They just did some um, uh, holiday-themed shows at the Medgar Evers Library and the Pearl Library and also at the theater. And in the spring, they'll be doing Shakespeare. We do Shakespeare in the park, the Belhaven Park. We've we've done it at Highland Village. We did it at the district last year. We've done it at the Renaissance um, out in Ridgeland. We've performed Shakespeare at the Mississippi Museum of Art. So they go all over, and they have a lot of fun. And it's instruction, too. They get class work also on those Saturday mornings. We also have education programs for adults. We've been talking about partnership. When we did All the Way, we partnered with the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, and we did sessions around the city um, about the Civil Rights Movement because All the Way was about the signing of the Civil Rights Act and LBJ's journey to that point. Um, we bring in um, students. Uh, we, when we did a, a while ago, we did Raisin in the Sun, and we partnered with 100 black men, and they were mentors, and they brought their mentees to the theater because on Wednesday nights we have what's called the actor chat where the actors come out and have a conversation with the audience. So that's just another component of education. You guys do so, so many different things. I'm curious about, you mentioned some classes for adults that are open uh, to all ages. And if there's anyone listening that might be interested in that, um, what would be kind of the process and what would they learn? Well, uh, we have different classes like this this semester. We have an advanced acting class taught by John Maxwell, who's often on our stage. And he was a prior artistic director at New Stage Theater. So a lot of people sign up for that class and he does scene work with them. And we also have beginning acting classes where you learn how to do exercises and confidence. A lot of that is, is part of the beginning acting process and self-expression. And we also have... Um, a voice class this uh, semester taught by Carrie Horn. Um, and she'll be teaching people about how to do voiceovers, mm-hmm. so, this type of work. I was um, going to yeah. say, I, I, I have a particular interest yeah. in, in that kind and, of thing. And we sometimes do an improv class where you learn about improvisation and how to do that type of thing. So there's different things. And we've had some production classes like um, Scene Work 101 or Lighting 101, where you, might, where you might come in and learn about how to do lighting design and how that process evolves. So anyone out there that is interested could... Look at these class could could potentially be a part of these, right. these types of classes. Contact our education director Sharon Miles and find out about our classes and register for classes. Or we can email a brochure out or a flyer. And it's also on our Facebook page. It's on our website. Um, you can sign up to get our weekly um, newsletter through the email that that talks that references these things. Well, let's talk about some of the upcoming shows. So the 2019 um, season. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have a lot in store, mm-hmm. so kind of run down for us some of the highlights, and then let's talk a little bit more in, in depth about some of the ones coming up. This is our power of place season, and so a lot of our um, shows have a, a reference place, like they take place in really important locations like Dyer Van Frank, which we did in the fall. You know, that was the place where they were in Amsterdam. Um, and so we're, we have three more shows left in our subscription series, and we also have a special show this season. And so in January and February, we're doing Helen High Water, which is by playwright Marcus Gardley, and that's about the 1927 flood in Greenville, Mississippi. So it's Mississippi-based. 
and its impact on the town, on society, and what happened during that period and how that spurred a lot of people to join the Great Migration. So that's that play. And then we have Sweat, which was the Pulitzer Prize winning play last year by Lynn Nottage. And that takes place in 2000 and 2008 in Pennsylvania. And it's about the economy and about striking still mill workers and their relationship with each other. It's very impactful. And that's a drama. And then we close with a musical by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell, Bright Star, which just has uh, it's bluegrass, bluegrass type music and toe tapping. And then within the season, we have a special show this year, Sweet Potato Queens musical. Um, and um, what are what are we doing with the Sweet Potato Queens musical? That's fun. Um, well, we're working closely with Jill Connor Brown. It's going to be a very fun show. I know she is going to be this year. They'll be coming back to Howlin' Mouse for the parade, so they'll be part of the parade this year. So she's excited about that. She'll have all her activities that she normally does, which I think most of those take place at the Hilton. Um, she'll also be on the second week of our run. She does. Uh, she raises funds and does a car giveaway. But uh, I know Francine's working with. Randy Red, who will direct that piece to finalize casting for the show. But it's just a, a great night for women to women and men um, to get out and come to the theater. It's a, a fun, if you know anything about Jill and her books, uh, this play is based on her first book. So we ha- encourage all the wannabes in Jackson and the surrounding areas to dress up and get those boas on and their hair done up and just come on down for a fun night. And the music is by Melissa Manchester. Yeah. It's a musical. I mean, it's really good, fun music. So, so musical based on Jill Connor Brown's first book. book. And then it's, am I hearing you right, that it's just a one-night Oh, no. Performance? no. It's March 13th through March 24th. Okay, so it does coincide oh, right. with, with the, the parade. The parade. Yeah, okay. yeah, the last weekend of the show is the parade weekend. So... It should be. So I'm, I'm going to encourage everybody to come the first week because the I think the last weekend will sell really will sell out very quickly. Right. So, um, you know. Right. No, the timing is, is perfect for that. Now, is this I'm assuming this is the first run. It was done in workshop and produced um, originally at in Houston. So it's uh-huh. the second, but it's being workshopped again. So uh-huh. a little bit. So, um, yeah, so it's brand new. As is Helen High Water. Helen High Water was first done in New York and then it under the name On the Levee. And now it's it's um, we read it last year out. You know, we did a public reading of it in our Mississippi Play series last season and now um, producing it on the stage. And it's real exciting to do something new like that. And it has blues music in it. We have Vasti Jackson as the cast, and he's uh, composing and arranging the music for the show. And it's just really exciting to be working on that. Tell me more about the uh, Steve Martin, Edie Brickell, Bright Star. I got to see that in New York um, when it first came out, and it's just perfect for Jackson audiences. Because its backdrop is North Carolina, but it also deals with literary magazine work. And, and, and the, one of the main characters is an editor of a literary magazine in North Carolina. But they talk about Eudora Welty 
in the show. And I was like, they mentioned your door welty. It's perfect for us. And the music is just, it's just so beautiful. It just stays with you. And it's, it's a, the story about coming home and what you find at home that surprises you. So it's, it's really good. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize, I mean, Miss Welty had a long-time relationship with New Stage. I mean, she came on the board in 1970, and she was very instrumental. In 1984, they developed the Eudora Welty New Play series. And uh, during that year, uh, I know Jim Lear uh, came in, and they did one of his works. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Well, Reynolds Price. They did Reynolds Price. Because um, that's when I was working full moon. Um, that and then Frank Wood and David Womack, who are did, local, they, they did, did Eden. Eden. So mm-hmm. shows were developed from the main stage through that series. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I love the connections here. Is there anything um, else that you guys want to share um, with us as we're kind of wrapping up? Um, anything we've we may have missed. Oh, it's just that we really about. try to um, develop shows for the entire community, and does you don't have to be a subscriber to come to the theater. You know, that we have different themed shows, and I I encourage everybody to come to Howlin' High Water because it's about Mississippi, and um, it takes place in 1927. But it you'll look at it and you'll go, oh, that that's civil rights. That's a civil rights issue. So that I want to mention. And also one of my favorite experiences at New Stage was doing Lombardi. We also do things for sports fans. Wow. That was a play about men's Lombardi. (laughs) We had football players there. We did a whole panel. We partnered with the uh, Sports Hall of Fame in Mississippi. It was so much fun. Well, Francine has to preface this by she's a huge Green Bay Packer fan. Yes, I am. So she really is. So. (laughs) Uh, one thing we didn't talk much on is um, our summer camp program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a four-week intensive summer camp where kids come, you know, from 9 to 4. And uh, it's a great program, and all that information is available to people on our website. So I would encourage people to go there and sign up so they'll have access to every all of our programs. And it's a big, it's a huge deal because it's not that expensive to send your child to day camp for four weeks at New Stage Theater. Well, for our listeners, if um, one of you guys would tell your website where people can find more information. Okay, they can go to newstagetheater.com. And they can find tickets there and information about all your programs. Mm -hmm. They certainly can. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And thanks again for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. If you missed part of this interview or want to listen again, go to mpbonline.org backslash Mississippi Arts Hour. And be sure to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour, a co-production of MPB Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission. And congratulations again to New Stage, a 2019 recipient of the Mississippi Governor's Arts. Awards.